0: Hello, TTB community. I am Bob DeMena, and here with me, as always, is the unwearied Ellie Chibley. Each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. This week is our Travel Bites episode. It's where we go over the previous months' news articles related to travel and adventure that we found interesting. If you're listening to this and you have travel-related news that you think we should discuss, you can always send it to us in an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or a direct message through Instagram or Facebook, and we will read that uh, and and get back to you and give you a shout-out to thank you for sending us that article. Um,
1: go ahead, absolutely, Elliot. Yeah. Got four articles for you this week or this month. Amazon Jungle Plane Crash, FAA, and Pilot Doors, Venice's Grand Canal, and then the last one is kind of fun: uh, twenty-two things that you didn't know were banned or illegal around the world. Travel tip: email or message your air, your hotel and Airbnb hosts shortly before departure to confirm your estimated arrival time and ensure that they are aware of when you of when and how you will be showing up. Um, this is just generally very helpful to remind them. A, if you booked a while ago, and B, to make sure that someone will be there if you need. To be let in so if you're getting there late just let them know i know this has happened to bob and i a few times where we thought we were going to get in by like 6 p.m which was well within the check-in time and we ended up getting there at like 1 a.m because of a delayed flight or traffic or whatever Uh, it's very important if you just need to get in and have someone there to help you before we get started if you like us and find us interesting or the content interesting Please consider giving us a review on iTunes. If you love us, we would be forever grateful if you could subscribe to the show and share some of our social media posts uh, or share any of our episodes on social media, friends, family, whatever. And please give us some feedback. You can do so through the TravelersBlueprint at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram. Lastly, please consider some of the awesome stuff we offer.
0: How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference, It has a fillable calendar, and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page. And once you download it, you have it forever, and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better.
1: To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be planned, efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first-class seat for your next adventure.
0: Yeah, and now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at travelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our services pages on our website, and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip.
1: You want to contribute to the podcast. If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel around table discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at the at gmail.com for the monthly travel bites episode, support us by wearing us, go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the travelers blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us, as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure.
0: This first article is pretty crazy. Uh, four children survive in the Amazon jungle after a plane crash for 40 days. So let me just unpack this. We have four children. Please do. Surviving in the Amazon jungle. Right there. Crazy headline. Unbelievable. 40 days makes it even more unbelievable. After a plane crash. <laughs> like the whole thing is phenomenally uh, just, uh, I, I, it's just hard to wrap your head around. Now, getting into the details of this a little bit, the, the plane was traveling between two locations within the Amazon. The people on the plane live in the Amazon. So they're accustomed to the jungle and all of the uh, requirements, <laughs> the living requirements, um, you know, associated with that. The children were age 13, 9, 4, and 1. And when their plane went down, one is one years old. Their plane nose dove into the dense forest on May 1st. Rescuers found the crash site and the bodies of three adults on board were dead when they got there.
1: But not the they, children.
0: And the children were gone. So when they get to the plane site, they see a baby bottle next to the plane, abandoned pair of shoes and footprints leading away from the wreckage. So they realized obviously that the the children survived the initial crash. And then that's what led them to continue searching more. So when they actually get these children, they find these children, the 13 year old did say that the mother was still alive when the plane crashed and told her to go find help and to leave and to essentially fend for themselves. And then the mother died shortly after that. Um, The children survived on fruit. And again, I, I, I think it's undeniable that the fact that they lived in the jungle and understood what fruit was edible and sort of how to navigate to at least some sort of degree uh, saved their lives. Um, So they were able to survive on fruit and seeds. It happened to be the plane crashed happened to get fall crash during the fruitful season of the Amazon jungle. So the food was abundant.
1: Yeah. Which is constantly raining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Constantly raining, man. And, it's just fascinating.
1: Yeah. Um, the thing that blows my mind about this whole article, I understand that they're indigenous, but an 11th old 11 month old baby survived for 40 days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the, the 13 year old and the nine year old, that is just incredible as well. But as a new parent, having an 11 month old is very or. Under an 11-month-old is very difficult as it is, but to be able to sustain them, protect them, keep them protected, or keep them fed is amazing.
0: Yeah, it it is. It truly is. And I think we'll get a lot more information on this as it comes out. From what I read, the children haven't really given their story yet to any sort of significant degree and so as they start to talk about it and recount their experiences um i'm sure we'll hear more about what exactly happened there um sad story the mother obviously of the children died in the crash and so um yeah really tough one but Um, 40
1: days um 1600 miles of forest was covered in the search
0: yeah you know and and kind of going on a tangent but staying in line with the travel podcast we actually didn't have this one on the on our list but um Ellie did you see the plane that crashed outside of Washington DC no no so it was a plane it was carrying um there was the pilot or two pilots it was a Cessna it had the a mother and a child I want to say in the eight to ten range a young girl the plane took off from the DC area was flying to Long Island. And for whatever reason, turned around and went on autopilot back to D.C. Uh, the the plane communications were completely unresponsive. So the United States military scrambled fighter jets to escort the plane. They were alongside the Cessna. And then it just suddenly crashed into like uh, George Washington State Forest. And everybody on the plane died. The fighter jet pilot said that when she, it was a woman pilot, looked into the... Um, cockpit of the Cessna she could see the pilots ah uh, sl- like slouched over. Uh, so they I don't think they recovered the black box yet, but they or maybe they have and I just haven't seen it. Um, it looks like that somehow the pressure air cabin pressure changed and everybody they think that everybody on the plane suffered from hypoxia and was unconscious. And so you had this plane, I guess, which couldn't land and maybe it was like a backup thing where it was just like went on autopilot and turned around and now I'm making complete assumptions. but Um and the United States military denies shooting it down, obviously. But um they the family members, the daughter the the woman and the child are the daughter and granddaughter of a very prominent Republican donor. Um Republican Trump Party donor. So yeah, just uh yeah, you didn't see
1: that at all? No, I didn't.
0: No. No, I, when I first saw it, I didn't, I was, the reason I was gravitated toward it is because unresponsive plane flies towards DC fighter jets yeah. scrambled plane crashes. And you're like, Whoa, what is this about? So yeah. I think headlines. Yeah. That's what it's about. And it did yeah. a good job. And then here I am yeah. talking about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, next. This next one.
1: Yeah. yeah. FAA, uh, final rule requiring a second cockpit door just to make it more difficult if someone tries to rush into the cockpit when one of the pilots or the co-pilot comes out or a flight attendant goes in. Uh, This is just to basically have a secondary or a a middle room between the cockpit and the public area so that pilot comes out, door shuts, door opens, they're out. Mm Mm-hmm. It's basically a vestibule.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. I, I I think it was in the article. We didn't put it in our notes here, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And I wonder who pays for that ultimately, <laughs> but, you know, definitely not the consumer, right, Elliot?
1: Um, definitely not the consumer. No. No, no, no good company would ever pass that to the consumer.
0: Right. Right. So, but, um, I like it from a safety perspective. I think that is an ideal situation to be in, uh, having, having that extra layer there, um,
1: but it's interesting that this has taken this. This was a priority um, After for the airline pilots' association since nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So it's been twenty two years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating when you talk to people who flew before nine eleven. That would be an interesting, just maybe short podcast conversation. The travel industry pre and post nine eleven.
1: Well, just look at just look at movies.
0: Right. Yeah. That's that. What was it? Yeah. Uh, last night, um, my wife and I, Marley and I were watching a movie and um, uh, I can't think of the movie, but the woman just ran to the airport, ran yeah. through the airport to get to the gate to like stop the, you know, the flight happening. Yeah. And we both were like, whoa, how did she just do that? It was yeah. just so blatantly well, obvious because like, of like all of the alone? processes. Yeah. yeah, right, right, yeah. right.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Indeed. I mean, we when we chatted with my uncle about that, um, on I think that was like episode nine or something mm-hmm. or 12. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that have flown pre 911 have said that flight flying has gotten significantly more cumbersome in terms of security and going through the airport, which yeah. JSX is actually still trying to, they're kind of like changing that a little bit
0: yeah and, and i should say we taught we covered this on one previous bites episode but there's new machines that essentially allow you to keep everything in your bag i've encountered those now oh uh, yeah traveling for work and it is super easy like you your whole bag no matter what's in it computer or laptop everything just put your bag on the conveyor belt and you just move
1: nice. um,
0: keep your belt on and i think you i think you still have to take your shoes off if you're not pre-check you still have to take your shoes off but to not have to like sift through your bag and i always have a laptop an iPad, especially when I'm traveling for work, you have to take it out of the bag then you have to take it out of the sleeve. So those should significantly increase it. Plus, once we get into the point where it's completely biometric, you'll essentially just walk through the line. You'll be scanned biometrically as you walk towards this system that you then just place your bag on and walk through. And so I can see it becoming a much more fluid process over time, like in the near future. I really like in the next few years, I think it's going to be Much better, oh, so that's cool. All right, uh Venice's canal turned bright green, looking like the Chicago River on St. Patty's Day. But and and while the Chicago River is planned every year, no one knows why the canal the canal turned green in Venice.
1: Yeah, no one has claimed ownership of doing it yet. So there's a few thought processes on what happened. This dye is often used in water systems like this to detect a leak but normally that's like a few drops of it because then you can kind of trace it but this was like a whole kilogram i think
0: half of a gallon
1: yeah -hmm. Yeah. quarter gallon quarter gallon yeah quarter gallon of it which
0: which the concentration of it for half of a gallon to make the entire canal green is fascinating it is that is a highly concentrated material
1: yeah. And it is the same as uh, fluorescein, fluorescine. It's the same dye they use in the Chicago River.
0: Yeah. Which I don't know if we've said this, but non-toxic. Uh, no, no health concerns apparently associated with it going into the river. No. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Pretty but interesting.
1: They thought it could also be an environmentalist um, trying to bring attention to pollution in the river um, I, I guess this was done in 1968 as well mm-hmm. as an environmentalist yeah. act.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of environmental acts going on throughout Europe. The stop oil, I think is their name. Have you seen them? Yes. They've or been going like to museums. museums. Yeah. And and the one thing people who don't look into it, there seems to be a lot of anger, but they're not destroying anything at all. Everything that they've ever poured oil on or material on it is encased in glass. Yeah. So they haven't actually destroyed any paintings and they're disrupting museum activities. And um, the truth is these things are serious. They do do need to be brought to people's attention. And uh, I don't know, it, it, even so acting out like this, it, it's not going to change anything. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have I've like very low confidence in the government's ability to prioritize environmental health and safety.
1: Well, I don't think it's the, I don't think the governments are going to change anything. I think it's going to take, Someone seeing that, asking why it's green, looking more into why they turned it green. And then, then they'll become the activist to go to the government and try to implore them to change something. It's a multi-step process that still takes years and lots of effort yeah. and lots of people. It's a movement, Bob. It's, it's,
0: a, a, it's, a, it's a very slow movement. Um, all right. So 22 bizarre things you did not know were banned or illegal I'm around excited the for world. This, one.
1: this okay. is fun.
0: Yeah uh start us start us off and we don't i guess we could just go through them yeah uh,
1: let's go through them all why not we'll go through them pretty quickly here uh you are not allowed to be reincarnated without permission in tibet
0: permission by who
1: the gods (laughs) no the chinese government
0: oh oh interesting yeah, that that's you're probably right. All right.
1: Yeah, there's that a law was passed in 2007.
0: Listen, we're not going to talk about the Chinese government on this podcast because I don't want to die. Um, there's a limit on when and how much you you can use ketchup, mayo, and vinaigrette in French schools. What? That's funny. Uh, strip clubs are banned in Iceland.
1: That's interesting which, to me. That well, is but, interesting. Hold on, the French. Did we just talk about why the French uh, limits ketchup, mayo, and vinaigrette. It's for the health of their students. To oh, cut that's... fat intake.
0: Fat intake in ketchup? There's no fat in ketchup, and there's no fat in vinaigrette. So mayo is the only one with fat.
1: Well, no, vinaigrette does have fat because it's does mixed with oil.
0: Oh, it has the oil. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was thinking more. Yeah.
1: Vinegar straight. Vinegar. Yeah, but
0: yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. The saturated fats are good for you too.
1: All right. Yeah, and the the strip clubs in Ireland or in Iceland, sorry, um, it was to ban companies from profiting from nudity
0: okay that's odd in that europe is is the also known as like the very lax nudity region of the world like
1: well and they they're not iceland is not against nudity they're against profiting from it so okay. like you can still be like you can go to a lot of the lagoons and mm-hmm. like the geothermal spas and mm-hmm. public nudity in a lot of instances is is acceptable
0: yeah Uh, Next up, babies won't be strolling along with the help of baby walkers in Canada. Canadians caught with baby walkers or caught selling baby walkers can face up to $100,000 in fines. What? Interesting. I don't know why that
1: is. Mullets
0: Um, and ponytails are banned in Iran because of their Western style, which is just, I guess, anti-American propaganda coming from Iran.
1: This one I knew, chewing gum is not allowed in Singapore, and it's to keep yes. the streets clean. Yes. Uh, that's been that going well. on for a while. Even mm-hmm. though Singapore is one of the happiest countries in the world, it's also one of the most strict in terms oh, of regulations. One of the most
0: authoritative uh, governments on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just figured out a way. You know, that's another interesting topic because people like uh, Being structure. Free. And being told what to do. And there uh-huh. are examples, Singapore being one of them, because I've watched inter- like uh, videos of people being interviewed in Singapore and they enjoy it. So it's this weird dynamic where if your government is actually providing for you and you do feel safe and you do feel taken care of and your education is there and your medicine is there.
1: And you have everything else you need. And
0: you have everything you need there. And they are a little micro example of how maybe that that does work for some people.
1: Yeah. But then again, it's a city-state, not a huge population. Right,
0: right. And it's not a diverse population.
1: Yeah, not significantly diverse. So you you
0: don't have clashing ideologies, which is a big reason for a lot of animosity among other countries.
1: Uh, People in Saudi Arabia and Pakistan Pakistan are banned from publicly celebrating Valentine's Day. How
0: dare you love another person?
1: And show it. Yeah, show
0: it. (laughs) All right, keeping goldfish in a big glass bowls is not tolerated in Rome. Okay, okay I'm good with anyway. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh Not walking your dog is also a crime in Rome. The Italian city is the second one in the world to make walking your dog a requirement with a bylaw in 05. You can be fined 700 bucks if you don't do it. Huh. Um, Anonymous, anonymous blogs bis- yeah. <laughs> with over 3,000 daily visitors are banned in Russia. I love that one. That one's blaringly obvious, the reason why. Yeah. Did right. you see the uh, Russian blogger that was blown up?
1: Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. a cafe. Uh, um, lacy underwear won't be found in Russia, Belarus, or Kazakhstan.
0: Maybe they need a little more of that. And they won't be so freaking miserable up there.
1: Uh, the regulation requires clothing that directly touches your skin to contain at least 6% cotton.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Health concerns.
0: Health, Health, health concerns, yeah. That the fabric
1: uh, isn't breathable for the skin.
0: Certain baby names are banned in Denmark, Iceland, and Portugal. Like what? Nah, doesn't say. I didn't. I didn't know exactly which ones, but let's keep going. Wearing
1: um, heels on ancient grounds is against the law in Greece. Keep yeah, that one in mind.
0: That's a good one, and that's that's probably because they've had a bunch of tourists trip and fall like that's my guess you know it, it probably might damage it might damage the ground as well especially that's actually have, the main
1: reason okay because
0: like places like greece and rome where the ground like the the, the surface the ground surface was like also a mosaic and also beautiful artwork you know they're probably trying to preserve that
1: um all right swedes don't, stone.
0: Ho- swedes don't allow spanking or advertising to children okay yeah. okay i like it all right i'm for that um Restrictions on how much noise you can make when in certain parts of Australia.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Um, uh, you need to carry an ID with you in lots of European countries. I guess okay. I don't understand why that one's that big of a deal.
0: Masturbation is not allowed in Indonesia
1: Indonesia and Saudi Arabia.
0: I always find these types... This is like... You know the dudes who made this law are not yeah. following their loan laws. Yeah. And it's just like the the... Politicians in America who are overly anti-gay, and then it comes out that they are gay themselves.
1: uh but in Saudi Arabia, a teacher was sentenced to three years in prison and received three hundred lashes.
0: Jesus!
1: Just for proclaiming that masturbation was allowed under Islam. Ooh, it's yeah. tough, tough. All uh, right. um, overweight employees equal fines for companies in Japan.
0: That is an interesting one that's an interesting one that, that yeah yeah i guess we don't have to get the it, but that i find that interesting that is uh, interesting In you know, australia it's technically illegal to create and share memes so according to also australian website blows websites, my mind yeah so they have essentially they have a statute in place that uh is against copyright infringement and so yeah. if you are just on instagram and you share someone else's meme you didn't create that meme, so then you could then you could be held accountable for sharing that meme. And that was a big thing. I don't know if you remember. Uh, what was his name? The the Jewish guy. It was this huge meme sensation. Um? Pie? No, no, this is like not early internet days. But he ended up let's see. Oh man, I I, I wish I could remember his name. Yeah. The fat Jewish guy. His name is on Instagram is the fat Jewish, and so he has nine point nine million followers, and he gained that following by sharing other people's memes. He didn't; huh. he wasn't a meme creator. Okay. So he just compiled the funniest memes, and people liked them, and then people started to attack him because none of the work was his. And so, where is that line? Like that was an interesting thing with the internet, where you had Instagram come on on the scene, where people were sharing other people's work and sort of taking credit for it because it was on their page. Yeah. And that may be where that might have been where this sort of spurred from, but huh. yeah, really
1: interesting. Uh, you cannot impersonate Hitler in Germany or Austria. Yeah, if we
0: have to tell you that, then you're part of the problem.
1: Okay. <laughs> you are not allowed to stop on Germany's Autobahn because it could endanger the lives of others. You can be fined up for 200 bucks. And that's yeah. the last one. Nice. Can you hear the crying?
0: No. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast today. Uh, if you do want to support us in non-financial way, you can do so uh, by just sh- sharing and subscribing to the show. It helps us grow. It helps feed the algorithm that is our overlord for any sort of growth and progress in this industry. And so enhancing that ability to do that would be greatly appreciated. If you do want to support us financially, there is a link in the show notes and in our Instagram where you can donate as little as a dollar that we will put towards um, software programs and different things uh, that we use to essentially keep the show running. Uh, If you just want to shout us out to a friend, that also helps. But ultimately, we just want to thank you for listening to the show. Um, So tune in next week and stay safe, stay healthy. And thank you again.